Hello, and thank you so much for tuning into the She Can Ball podcast. I'm your host, Mahanjariwala. Today, we're joined by NBA Hall of Famer, Chris Mullen. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate your time. My pleasure. So yeah, growing up in Brooklyn, what was the basketball culture like, and how did that influence your upbringing? Yeah, growing up in, uh, in my neighborhood in Brooklyn, we played all sports. Uh, baseball season, we played Little League, and when the weather changed, uh, you know, we played basketball. I was on a swim team, played a lot of roller hockey in the street, a lot of stickball. So we were always outside, you know, we had a very active neighborhood, but basketball was a, a big, uh, big community sport for us. Uh, in the wintertime, obviously we played in the, in the gyms. In the summertime, we always played outside in the parks. So once the weather changed, we very rarely went inside to a gym. We always played outside in the, in the, in the uh, city parks and just playing pickup all over the place. So it was a big, um, it was competitive, but it was also part of the culture, part of socializing, making friends, and something we did as, uh, as neighborhood kids. And where do you think you kind of took that step from it just being something that you play for fun to like something more serious? Yeah, I had, I had tremendous coaching when I was a youngster in grade school. Um, that's, that was the biggest influence um, in me choosing basketball over baseball and swimming were, were my coaches. Um, not only the, the way they taught me how to play, they taught me how to work on my individual skills, but they always kept it uh, balanced where I was always having fun doing it. So I was working at it, getting better. I enjoyed being around. I love, love going to practice. I love being around my teammates. So that type of, uh, you know, the, the way I was taught the game was there was no real end game. It was about getting better individually, uh, helping a team uh, improve, and also enjoying the journey, enjoying that process of, of winning and losing both, you know, understanding that, uh, you know, when you compete and, you know, you're going to win and you're going to lose, but you have to uh, learn how to deal with both. And um, so I had, like I said, tremendous influences with my coaches, uh, my mom and dad and my, and my siblings. We're all involved in sports growing up together. So we, we shared those experiences with each other. And, you know, I think there's a, a lot of uh, carryover from, from sports, from team sports into uh, real life situations. Anything that's special about you, you know, throughout your career, just enjoying the process and not being super focused on the outcomes. I mean, how do you think you develop that kind of mindset? You talked about that when you were younger. How did that kind of develop? Well, I think when you're younger, it's hard. I mean, people are trying to teach you, but you don't learn until, until later on. I'm probably still learning how to, how to live my life that way. Um, yeah, but I, I think it's just being in the moment, um, going through having some great, you know, great wins and celebrating and then having the, you know, the, the uh, frustrating feeling of losing uh, and coming up short and failing and understanding the difference that they're very similar. The emotions are different, but the, the process is the same, right? So you have to go through it. So it takes time. Um, you know, I think, you know, especially over these last two years with what we've all been through in the world with the pandemic, a lot of those, a lot of those cliches that people use like day by day and take it easy, all these things all of a sudden take on a new meaning. And it's really 
the way we try to aspire to live anyway. But um, like I said, I think sports always, for me anyway, brought out that uh, those real life experiences. Uh, they, they really tested you uh, on how to conduct yourself in both winning and losing. You know, I was always taught to win with humility, you know, and, get, and give your opponent a lot of credit. And, you know, of course, appreciate the fact that you want to feel good about it, but, but be humble. And then when you lose, lose with dignity and grace and then be, you know, complimentary of your opponent and give them credit and then try, you know, to beat them the next time, try and make some adjustments. So um, I think in a way that's what we try to do each day in our lives is, you know, we, we, all, we all wake up in the morning, have this kind of plan, what, how, we, how we want things to go. And, then, you know, things will change as the day unfolds and being able to adjust and adapt to that's important. And like, what about St. John's and Coach Carneska drew you to commit there? Yeah, so I met Coach Carneska when I was uh, probably like 11 years old. I attended his basketball camp. Um, so he was one of the guys that taught me a lot. Uh, he was a great lecturer, told a lot of great stories about players that he coached, uh, both at St. John's. He was also coaching the ABA with the Nets, Coach Rick Barry. And so I heard a lot of great stories as a, as a young kid. and then. As I, as I progressed through high school, um, he recruited me and um, just always felt really comfortable with him because I, you know, I had known him had a previous relationship with him. Um, so it, it made my choice pretty easy. You know, I, I, visited, I visited Duke, uh, Villanova, Virginia, and, uh, and Louisville was the other schools I visited. But at that point in time, you know, I had everything I needed right there at home. I had a great family. I wanted to stay home, stay close to home and, and be with my family. So uh, St. John's wound up being a, a natural choice for me. Was there like a story that he told that you kind of just hold, still hold on to? Oh, a lot. A lot of, a lot of, um, uh, I mean, referring to basketball, but, but life lessons. Um, Coach Karnasek always talked about the fundamentals, you know, um, Passing, catching, um, seeing seeing the play before it happens. It was very big on being an unselfish teammate. You know, always always gave praise to people sharing the basketball. Um, was always teaching. Uh, you know the why this how how you can uh, influence a game within without scoring. You know cutting and, and playing without the basketball and not over dribbling. So all, all the unselfish facets of, of the game. Uh, he was a big teacher of that. And then just a very uh, consistent, humble, grateful man. You know, that, that's over. He's, he's 97 now. And um, just, just incredible consistency of how he, how he has lived his life of being kind um, caring for other people, uh, being polite, having time for everybody, being able to sit down and talk to people, and, and you know whether you're, you know, CEO of the company or, you know, custodian of the gym. Everyone to him was this, was important, just the same. So uh, the the big, I mean, he taught me so much about basketball, but really um, the way he lived his, the way he has lived his life. Um, 
with with dignity and grace and class and caring for other people just a just a wonderful example beyond being a, a hall of fame coach yeah so, i mean it speaks a lot to your game i mean you are a very fundamental player a lot of off the ball movement and we see that being successful with guys like steph in the league but how underrated do you think that is and just focusing on the fundamentals it's the most important thing in anything is getting the foundation um getting a foundation of skill uh being being understanding what your strengths are you know and, and then what your weaknesses are being being um aware of that and, and accountable for that and then you know in, in basketball learning how both how your skills uh, and your talents fit with the other players to make your team successful that, that really becomes the key um i think we all want to you know shine and, and have have you know our, our skills um, used and appreciated. But when you're on a team, you have to understand how those skills fit with the other five, other four players. Um, and that's always the key to success. And uh, the more the more you're able to, um, you know, not only have a, a multitude of skills, but being able to play, like you said, without the basketball, like a Steph Curry or Clay Thompson. You know, those guys can play with any style of play in, in any generation with any type of other players because their skill sets are so adaptable uh, mm -hmm. because they don't need the basketball in their hands to score. Uh, they don't need to dribble, you know, 20 to 25, 30 times to get their shot off. So um, those type of players um, are, are winning players in, in any type of in any style of play in, in any uh, any generation. I mean, for you, like that, that year of 1988 to 1993 with the Warriors, you were averaging 25 points per game, making five playoff appearances. What do you think clicked for you during that time? Combination of um, health. Um, and back then, you know, we had probably, you know, five to seven, maybe eight years of prime years, but now guys have 15 <laughs> prime years. But, uh, yeah, it was just a combination of me finding my game, um, being in the right situation, playing for the right coach and the right style of play with, with great teammates. And that's why you play that, you know, those things are hard to come by, you know, because in, in, in the pro in pro sports, you have very little control of who you're going to play with, who you're going to play for. Um, so when those things do happen and they click, you, it's uh, very much appreciated. What do you think was so special about that style of play in that trio? Yeah, with Mitch and Tim and myself uh, and then Nelly coaching, it was just a, it was just a great combination. Um, Don Nelson was way ahead of his time um, from an offensive standpoint. You know what we what, what we're watching today, and everyone you know called small ball. Nelly was doing it in in the early '80s with Milwaukee. And those great teams he had in Milwaukee with Sidney Moncrief and Marcus Johnston and Paul Pressey and Bob Lanier and all these great players, Brian Winters. Um, and then he came over out to the Bay Area and we played, we even played smaller with, with myself, uh, Tim Hardaway and Mitch Richmond and, and Rod Higgins. And, you know, we had so many great players, uh, but Nelly was always tinkering with the offensive uh, lineups and, and trying to find mismatches and, and style of play that could 
you know, kind of mess with the other team and dictate tempo and dictate style of play. And he was a master at that. So having those, uh, the right combination, complement of talents and personalities. And then you have a coach like Nelly that can implement his, put his imprint and his, uh, his style of play and his, his, uh, his genius to it. Um, it was, it was a nice run. I mean, you're now known as like one of the best shooters in NBA history. When did you know that your shot was going to be something special? Uh, it was something I always, always, uh, was pretty good at actually when I was a youngster, something I always practiced a lot. I actually not quite sure what else you would practice when you're by yourself. Yeah. Besides that's all I did anyway. So I was in, if I was in the gym or in the park by myself, I would just shoot and chase my ball down and shoot and shoot and shoot. I uh, always felt comfortable. I always had a, always had a feeling that I knew why I missed even at a young age. If I missed a shot, I always in my mind felt like I knew what I did wrong. Um, but I think, again, it goes back to co the early coaching I received as a youngster um, as far as the fundamentals of, of technique, form, uh, consistency, balance, backspin and off, all those things I was taught as a, young, as a youngster. Um, and then the, the, younger I would, the younger you're taught it, and the more you practice, obviously you're going to get better at it. And shooting really is have, having the proper proper form and technique, the proper routine, um, having the ability and, and the discipline to do the repetition needed. And as you as you do those proper uh, put in those hours and the repetitions, that becomes muscle memory. So that that's that's basically how you become good at it. And then. You know, obviously being able to shoot contested and off the dribble and off uh, moving without the basketball off screens and all those other things become, you know, part, you know, the, the important part, but the, the fundamentals is getting in the, getting the, the, the proper routine, form, uh, repetition, and then and, and making it become muscle memory. And like, you know, in your prime, when you, you've kind of almost mastered the art of shooting, it's like, how do you go about like trying to improve or like practice your shot when you're, you're already so good at it. Yeah, I was, all, again, I had very uh, good practice habits because I was taught them at a young age. And in, in my college, same thing. I was, you know, I would always work on my individual skills, always go back at night and shoot, shoot the shots I was going to shoot in the game, you know, uh, and do them at game speed. And then in the NBA, you know, I took it to a whole different level where my, my off-season training, I really picked up tremendously. Um, and then it really, I, I always tried to practice harder than I was going to play. So um, by the time I got to the game, it was, it, was, it was not as much exertion from a physical standpoint, from a mental standpoint. So I really concentrated uh, – not only off-season, but even in-season, to practice harder than I had to play. So come game time, I felt like whatever situation presented itself, I was prepared for. When you talk about, you know, training and stuff, like, were there ever times that you felt that the outcomes weren't reflective of your training, and how did you kind of overcome that mentally? Well, you know, that, that's part of the journey, is you don't get, you don't always get um, immediate, um, results. You have to have the discipline. 
the, the work ethic to, to put in to, to maintain um, your workload, no matter what the outcome is. And that's, that's important in any, in any uh, thing you do in life, but being able to sustain that, that, that workload on a daily basis, um, no matter what, what the outcome is, is how you establish that, uh, that, that, that really is competitiveness, being able to work and compete, um, whether you win or lose. And if you do it long enough, you'll start winning more. But like, you know, going through those, that process, I mean, like, you know, what kind of kept you going? Uh, I, I think I always found joy in, like, so to me, like, if I was in the gym, I wasn't looking at the clock. It didn't really, I really didn't really have anywhere else to go. It didn't really matter to me. I was, you know, so um, finding joy in the work itself, not, not feeling like, you know, it was a burden on me. Um, the only, the only time it was tough is if you're injured, you know, yeah. physically, if you physically, you're not feeling up to it, then it's not as, as enjoyable, but I always found, um, whether it be practice, you know, shoot arounds, all the stuff that comes with the process to, um, you know, get to the game. I, I enjoyed it. You know, a lot, some people don't, but I always enjoyed that process. And, um, so it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, that hard for me to, to, to maintain that. And, you know, just talking about lows, even losing streaks are hard to endure, especially as a coach. You had one of those, you know, 11 game losing streak with St. John's as a coach. And then you go on to win against, you know, Villanova and Duke, which were, you know, ranked num number one and number four at that time. How do you, how did you kind of use what you learned as a player to help your team kind of get through those times? Yeah, I always found, um, Playing was much easier for me to deal with winning or losing. I think because you're exerting all your energy in the game itself. And when you're done, you're physically tired and, and you know, you just kind of are in that routine where you just get ready for the next game, whether it be practice. So you're exerting a lot of physical energy. Much tougher for me um, as a GM or a coach because you're, you're somewhat removed. You're trying to... Um, you know, help your players, trying somewhat to control the situation with them and for them. So it's it's a it's more of a frustrating process for me. It was. Um, so the coaching part, you know, I found myself um, not sleeping as well as I did as a player, and not and always feeling like I could have done more. And all, and, and you know, it's, it's more in your mind. So your mind never stops uh, thinking. So that, that was a, a tougher process for me. And then you're just trying to, you know, take care of your entire roster too. So it's not, as a player, your, your responsibility is a little more defined, you know? Yeah. Um, you want to influence a lot as a player, but you, you know, you, whatever your role is, you can, you know, really, uh, specifically concentrated on that but as a coach you're just in charge of so many things so um, yeah and I think it's a lot more mental yeah you know there's so much so much more so many more things going on in your mind uh, and not just in the game maybe just as much more away from the game as during the game 
So that, that was a tougher process for me. Uh, enjoyable, uh, much different and much tougher for me, you know. The, the, the one, the, the, the curse and the gift is, you know, I love playing so much that everything I've done since then, even some really great situations, just never lives up to that same feel, feeling I had when I was a player, you know? So that's, that's something, uh, you know, you have to adjust your, your expectations. Uh, but, you know, when you, when you love something so much and you try and do other things, it, it, it never really lives up to that. You know, you go on an 11 game, you losing streak, and then you go up and you beat, you know, the number one team in the country. How does that work? Yeah, that, that was perseverance, um, being accountable, being consistent, did not really focus on, um, obviously we all knew we lost 11 in a row. I'm sure there was some close games in there. We broke down each game individually and treated every day somewhat the same where we we're gonna correct our mistakes. Uh, never varied on how hard we worked. Always got our practice schedule stuck to it. Um, and then finally broke through. Um, yeah, so that was, that was, a, that was a test in, in, you know, discipline uh, and perseverance and, and not giving up. And just hanging in there, you know, that's uh, keeping people together is important during that point in time, Definitely. you know, sometimes, and then using different, different type of coaching techniques, whether it be some days we're, you know, lighten up and take it easy and trying to have fun and just enjoy what's going on for that day. Other times you try and, you know, get a little more intense and, and, and um, pick up the pace and practice and things like that. but. Um, yeah, I think I went back to, you know, they, that for, for me, I, I, I try to put myself in their position, right. And, and have, uh, not so much sympathy, but empathy and trying to get them through that process, you know, and, uh, the, the one way I've always dealt with, um, you know, losing streaks and things like that is just keep, keep working and work even harder. And, and just, just, you know, stay the course and keep a positive mindset um, and stick to your routine. I think that's really important too. It's not like I, I said earlier, you, you have your routine, you have your daily, your daily habits and whether you win or lose, you do them no matter what. And that's, that's, that's really what being a professional is all about is no matter what's going on around you, you're able to go do your job. Yeah, I mean, we, I'm a big fan of JTA because I like how he he exemplifies that. And you see where, you know, there's days where he might not always get those minutes, but the days that he does, he goes in and he kills it. And I think that's really inspirational for people that are going through things like that because, you know, I think that's really what it is. It's about staying ready because there's, you might not always get your time to shine, but when you do, it's important that you show out during those moments. Yeah, you never know when opportunity is going to show up and then you've got to be ready whenever that might be. Uh, and the way to stay ready is to keep a positive mindset, keep yourself in top condition, have your skills sharp as ever, be mentally prepared. Um, and you enter every game like you're gonna play that night. You have to be mentally and physically prepared each and every, every, uh, every day. 
again, that's, that's what being a pro is all about. You know, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not sometimes it's all the time. Yeah. And you know, you've experienced the game from the perspective of a player, a coach, and now an analyst. How do you think your perceptions of the game has kind of evolved? Um, I've always, I always appreciate, uh, the games I'm watching, whatever that might be, you know, kind of look at it from, a you know, just an analytical standpoint from a, from just observing and, you know, appreciate what they were trying to accomplish. And then, um, it's much easier when you're not totally uh, attached to that team. So emotionally you're not invested. So it's a lot easier to just watch um, and casually, naturally see what's going on in the game. I think when you're, when you're competing, whether it be playing or coaching, you got so much tunnel vision that you don't really see everything that's going on. You're so concentrated on, on winning that possession uh, getting a defensive stop, you know, executing an offensive play that you're not so aware of everything else that's going on. I think when you take, when you're, you know, for like me right now, when I'm watching TV, I'm very much more aware and uh, open-minded what's going on all over the place as opposed to being focused on uh, one team or the other or one individual player and just really watching the game as a whole. Um, and I sleep much better. <laughs> um, you know, what separates you from other players during your time was your high basketball IQ. And I was just kind of curious, where do you think, like, you you built that? Because I think what separates a lot of people is that basketball IQ factor. And I think it's hard to get. So where did that come from for you? Yeah, I think a lot of it is, is really uh, just playing a lot, putting yourself in, in different situations over and over again where when, when something does come up on the court, you feel like you've been there before. You've already seen it. You, you've reacted to it. Um, being able to, um, you know, defensively, offensively run, you know, um, scripted out plays or defensive schemes, and then also being able to play freelance, you know, being able to do both, being able to play at the end of, you know, say a close game in the last two minutes where it's, it's all about execution and running half-court offense or, you know, in, in a high, a fast-paced, uh, high-scoring game in the, in the middle of the game, second, third quarter, which is freelance up and down, being able to do both, also realizing the changes that me, need to be made within the same game. Um, I always feel like shot selection is always a huge part of success offensively, defensively, you know, not only individual one-on-one -on -one defense, but, but understanding, you know, the team concepts um, is really important. Being a team defender, knowing if you double team and knowing how you play in pick and rolls, all these different things that go into it, being able to execute all those things um, quickly, make quick decisions without uh, getting thrown off your game. You know, now being an analyst, like, where did this passion for broadcasting come from? I think it was just a natural um, progression. I had work after I finished working at the Warriors as a GM. I was uh, asked to work at ESPN. I did that for three years. 
I did both uh, studio work and I did games and I did radio. So I got a lot of good experience through that. Um, and then when I went back to coach at St. John's, um, when I let, when I came back to the Bay area, uh, there was an opening here with the Warriors. So it was kind of a natural, natural fit, natural progression. Um, you know, it's, it's an incredible opportunity. I love, I love covering this team. Not only are they great players, you know, great players, uh, great guys to, to watch and to, to emulate and, you know, just, uh, really cool group of guys to cover you know steve kerr is a classy guy and so it's a lot of fun and i don't have to travel which i love so it's, it's really a ideal situation for this point in my life and lastly like what advice do you have for young kids that are looking to pursue basketball at a high level yeah i think it's really important uh i think we covered a lot is is you know have have good have a good routine you know it doesn't have to be the most strenuous, it doesn't have to be, you know, physically exhausting, but cons consistently push yourself, you know, beyond your limits a little bit each day. Um, work on work on all your skills. I think especially in practice, important to work on your weaknesses. You know, it's always important to keep your strengths, your strengths, but really important to work on your weaknesses in practice. So as you uh, as you do that, you can eliminate some of your weaknesses and start using them in the games. And I was always taught, you know, when you're playing in competitive games, play to your strengths. And that's not the time to uh, experiment if you're if you're if your left hand is working. You know, make sure you make sure you master that in practice before you do it in the game. Um, you know, being being aware and understand, you know, how you can help your team. When you're not playing competitively, and most importantly, you know, if if you do those, if you prepare yourself the right way, you, you have developed your skills and um, are, are aware of your abilities. Um, then I think that that allows you to enjoy the game. Everyone says make sure you have fun, but there's there's a way to have fun. <laughs> it's not it's not easy to have fun if you're not playing or if you're not enjoying it. Uh, but the way to enjoy it is to develop your skills. So when you put in positions during the game or in practice, that you're comfortable in that position. And that's a lot of times that's, um, un, you, it's unscripted, right? You're going to be, it's going to be a situation you're put in, but if you do the right proper practice and proper preparation, you will feel comfortable in, in somewhat unknown situations. Great advice. Well, thank you so, so much mm -hmm. for coming on. I appreciate your time. Good job. My pleasure.